about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Let's pray as we start this evening. Father God, we thank you for everything that you do for us. We thank you that we are in you. We have our being in you. We choose to receive all that you have made available to us in your kingdom. I speak the peace of God over all of us here this evening that we have our minds will be clear. Our spirit will pick up. It'll have an ear to hear. And we choose to receive that which you have for us this evening. Make us have a quick understanding so that we'll be able to not only receive your word, but make it applicable to our lives. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. The fellow says you can't lose with the stuff we use. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Let me go through just a couple, I guess we can call them announcements or whatever, uh, before we get going. But for next week, I anticipate we're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 which would be a long haul if we do that, but uh, we'll look at it anyhow. And the reason I say I anticipate, because something might change between now and then, so if I get different directions, but as far as I can see now, that's what we'll be looking at. We've looked at it before in our sessions, if you've been with us for sessions before, but that is two chapters, one right after another, with their entirety being about kingdom of God finances. So it is very applicable, very important. <clears throat> And I also made myself a note here uh, from something Pastor Tom said Sunday. I made sure, I made, I take notes anyhow, but I made sure I took notes on this because I liked the way it came out. He said, many want to get a word, but they should try getting a verse first. Well, I think that's true. A lot of people are looking for somebody to prophesy to them about some great thing or whatever. But if we look in the Word of God and get a verse, and that verse speaks to us, well, then that's going to do something in our life. So and there's certainly no issues about getting a word. It's a blessing to all of us when that happens. But we shouldn't just base our whole life on that, because it may not come. Probably more than likely, it will not come every day of the week, or very, very seldom. So, but anyhow, getting a verse will absolutely help us. And that's what we'll be looking at this evening, as usual, in several different verses, and seeing what that specific word is saying to us about the subject matter that we're looking at. <clears throat> So we'll go to John chapter 2 this evening to start. As your notes say there, this is the first miracle that Jesus performed, and it was a miracle of provision, providing. Uh, it's saying two, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. So we'll read down through it here in common as we go. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Verse 4, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Uh, and I have another 
translation that I want to go to on that, and because of the way that they voiced it, I thought it made sense. So let's see here. I'll go back to verse 3 again. I'm in the uh, literal translation of the Bible. <clears throat> verse 3, it says, And being shot of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Now you can see how this will be a little bit different. Jesus said to her, What is that to me and you? My hour is not yet come. And before I saw this verse, I was going back to the one we read in King James. And when he was saying, you know, woman, what's that to us? And but then I figured, well, he went on and did something about it. So if for no other reason, he was uh, obeying or looking to or performing a scripture that's through the Bible, especially when it was first ordained in the Old Testament. We are to honor our father and our mother. And so for no, if, if for no other reason, he could have been doing that and carrying through with it. But again, in the, uh, in the little it reads, Jesus said to her, what is that to me and you? Mine hour has not yet come. And he obviously knew the time frame, the hour, when this was all going to begin to happen. <clears throat> okay, so we'll move on from that thought. We'll continue down. We'll go to verse 5. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. So she knows what Jesus' response was to her, but now she just turns around and tells him, What if he tells you to do, do it? <clears throat> and there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. And in the translations, they'll tell you that's approximately 20 to 30 gallons, depending on their actual size. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. <clears throat> Remember now, his mother said, Whatever he tells you to do, do it. He told them what to do, and so they did it. Verse 8, And he saith unto them, Draw out now, so you can see this didn't ferment for a very long time, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water, they knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. <clears throat> I can imagine they would. If you were staying there partaking of all this. And like one individual says, if they did run out of wine, well, that's going to make the, probably put like a damper on the whole procedure for the wedding party, you know, and make the host look maybe not so good or whatever. And so Jesus' mother interceded. <clears throat> he explained to her what he thought about the matter. And then she told them, well, whatever he tells you to do, do it. 
and hence that's what came about. And so our point here is on the subject matter we're looking at, this happened to be Jesus' first miracle, but it's interesting for us to see it was a miracle of provision. And God is able to, to do any and all kinds of miracles of provision for our lives. Desirous to do it, but yet he needs an inroad. He needs a place to get in and do that. <clears throat> uh, all right, let's get down to the book of Joshua. Well, maybe not down, I guess we'll be back, but anyhow. Joshua chapter 19. And we're going to be looking, we are going to be looking at verses 1 through 9 in Joshua 19. Another interesting one here, many interesting ones this evening. <clears throat> Joshua 19 and 1. And the second lot came forth to Simeon, even for the tribe of the children of Simeon, according to their families, and their inheritance was within the inheritance of the children of Judah. I suspect we should stop and make a couple comments here. You'll notice we're in the book of Joshua. We're back in the Old Testament. And this is talking about the inheritance. When the tribes finally get into the land, they were to go take some land. And that was going to be their inheritance. <clears throat> and so in this case, well, let's keep reading. We'll make comments as we go. And they had in their inheritance, and if we look from verses 2 down through, well, at least 6, we got a lot of different names there that are really not going to mean a whole lot to you and I right now, other than the fact that they were part of that tribe of Simeon, and this was all in their inheritance also. So it says in verse uh, 7, And Ramon, Ether, Asian, four cities and their villages. And all the villages that were round about these cities to Baathabi, Ramoth of the south, this is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Simeon according to their families. So this is, if you will, documentation, proof of a lineage and what they gained and all. And this, would, this would have been recorded in their scriptures. And so that was <clears throat> of their, their inheritance according to their families. Verse 9. Out of the portion, you're saying, you're thinking to yourself, what are we reading all this thing for? We're about to get there. It's in the ninth verse. Out of the portion of the children of Judah was the inheritance of the children of Simeon. For the part of the children of Judah was too much for them. Therefore, the children of Simeon had their inheritance within the inheritance of them. Simeon, the crew, we have no definite specification here, but they did, they did not go and partake of an inheritance, at least not till that time. In this situation, it's coming up. It tells of their situation. But now Judah, <clears throat> out of the portion of the children of Judah was the inheritance of the children of Simeon, for the part of the children of Judah was too much for them. Right. That sounds like abundance, to use another phrase. In fact, let me look at that word right there. <clears throat> Too much, when we're reading 
here in the King James, he said that the children of Judah was too much. That word is, don't be surprised, abundant. Abundant in quantity, abundant in size, in rank, in quality. <clears throat> Plenteous. And so that's what they had taken when they went in to take their portion of the land. And now because Simeon at this time in this recording didn't have that, they took too much. So it's like they're saying, well, you can go live in the back 40 or the back 140 or the back 1,040, and we won't even know you were there. We got plenty of room because they took enormous amounts when they went in. And that's what everybody had the opportunity to do. So the point being, they took too much. And so they were enabled to help somebody else who at that time did not have an inheritance. But now they do. And it's recorded there in that situation. <clears throat> Let's look over now into Ephesians, going with it, into the book of Ephesians, going with this same thought. You won't find that one in the Old Testament that I know of. Ephesians chapter 4, and we'll go down to verse 28. <clears throat> so Judah took too much the children of Simeon did not, and out of the part that Judah took, which was too much, they were, they were enabled to give them an inheritance. And so what's that got to do? <clears throat> well, that's over here in Ephesians. Well, let's take a look at verse 28. Let him that stole steal no more. That's a pretty good instruction. <clears throat> but rather, let him labor... Working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. That he may have to give. You, I'm going to guess, you may have been in a situation before in your life, meaning when you was born again, that you heard of a need that somebody had but at that particular time, whatever the time of the month it was, or whatever was going on, you didn't really have anything in your hand that you could give to them. Well, it's nice to be able to have something to give. <clears throat> Not only is it nice to be able to have something to give when you know some individual, some individual needs it, and it isn't entirely uh, restricted, if I can use that word, to the body of Christ. Obviously, we should be blessing our brothers and sisters. Amen. But there's people in the world that the Lord sometimes will give you an unction, give you why. May not, may not give you the whole entire story, but you've got a sense of knowing, if I don't do this, I, I'm going to be missing out or I'm not going to be obeying God. And so you go ahead and do it. And that person will be blessed out of that. And that sometimes, and I say all times, that sometimes gives you an inroad to speak to them later. Speak to them later. I had a neighbor <clears throat> probably over a couple of weeks ago now, maybe a little more than that. Her sister lives in Texas. Her sister's daughter, who has been, a, I guess, an A1-plus student her entire life or whatever, she was going in into some type of medical field. And, but then she got sick 
meaning recently, within the last month. And so they took it, they took it to the doctor, and the doctors told her, I, I believe they lived in Houston, but either way, they had to travel some distance to another facility. They found some type of, and I'm not sure the word tumor is right, but they found something in her that showed up with MRIs and all the detection equipment stuff. And she had had it since she was a kid. And this is the first time it showed up. So anyhow, my neighbor's saying, oh, this is horrible because, you know, now they've got to shave her entire head. They're going to have to go in, cut her skull open, and get in there and try to do something about it. And at that point, she was evidently, and I don't know if she was or not, because she's not born again, meaning this neighbor. And uh, you can understand that they could very well be negative at some times. So anyhow, she gave me things. She said, oh, don't look good, don't look good. They, they're trying to say, now they're going to have a whole team of doctors. They're going to be operating for like six hours or something. They don't even know if they can get it. I said, well, wait and see. Trust God. And so we talked about praying about it. So anyhow, make a long story short, uh, she, she, she would come out of the operation all right. They had her up and walking the next day. And I said, well, that's a good sign right there. But still, her and her sister was down there. They sort of on the negative edge. But again, if somebody doesn't know the Lord, this is, this is deathly to them. So anyhow, let's cut the show start here. I saw her this morning. Because <clears throat> she has a little yappy dog that <laughs> likes nobody. Yappy? <laughs> yappy to say the least. He's only like this long. I don't know if he's a child black thing. But I mean, he lives several houses down, and I can very clearly hear him in the house when he starts barking. And a lot of people don't like him because of that. But whatever. <clears throat> What's that got to do with the story? Well, because I've, in my office, there's a set of windows to look right out on the street. And so I made a little seat there for my dog, Pipper, and he can go ahead and jump up on the second. He looks out the window. He loves the bike, FedEx and UPS and everybody else. But when he sees this lady and her dog going up the street, well, then he gets him excited. <laughs> and so he jumps down, and I take him out, and we get to walk with him because that dog doesn't get along with anybody else, but he gets along great with him. So anyhow, after this morning's walk, coming back, then she begins to tell me, well, did I tell you about the report that we just got? And I said, no, I don't believe so. <clears throat> they had to wait for a, a bunch of films and stuff like that, I guess, from all these, all these procedures that they did. So anyhow, make a long story, long story short, uh, they got something like 96% of this thing out. It was not malignant. And now they plan on having a go like every three months, I think they said, so they can check MRIs and if they see it to any extent beginning to grow again. But the surgeon who gave the report is we got so much out of it, it all went so good that we don't think it's going to be a problem. So basically, I guess you'd call that a miracle. You start yeah. cutting somebody's head entirely, yeah. so you can go in there and start dinging around. You don't want to make too many wrong moves. So praise God. Yeah. Praise God. That's good news. That's good news. <clears throat> I'm not sure how we get on to that, but have to give. Okay, there you go. So I didn't give her any denarii this morning, but <clears throat> from being able to share other things with her, uh, I guess that's how we get there, saying the Spirit of God can sometimes impress you to 
sow seed into somebody else's life. And you, you, you may not know. You may very well know. You may not know at all, but you should do it. But you're going to get blessed for your obedience, and they're going to get blessed. That's how I got that. Then that can give you an inroad to talk with them. <clears throat> all right. That he may have to give that him that needeth. Yeah. And so that's, what, that's a standing opportunity, if you will. We would have to have it so that we can give to somebody that needs it. And he will supply that in our lives as well, as long as we're cooperating with his kingdom. Following instructions. We'll get to that a little later on. <clears throat> All right, uh, let's look at Luke chapter 5. Whoops. Luke 5 and verse 4. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. <clears throat> We've read this one before. And so, did they catch some fish? Yes. They absolutely did. They caught more fish than they could handle. If you recall, if we read down through it, his boat began to sink. And his net broke because there was so many fish. So he called to his partners. So now, we got two boats with a net breaking load of fish. Because of what, well, that's the line I want to read. Let's get there. Uh, let's go past verse 4. Look at verse 5 now. After Jesus said, launch out into the deep, and if you recall briefly just before this, Jesus asked to use his boat because he noticed they were just standing there idle while they were mending their nets. And so he went and got in the boat and asked him, and he said, yeah. And so Jesus ministered to people on the shoreline. And when he was done... He's done ministering to those people, but he's not done doing something. That's where this verse 5 come in. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. That's what he said to Simon. That's what Simon heard. Well, now we're going to get a little bit of Simon's response and thinking in verse 5. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. But he didn't stop there. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. In the phrase where it says, Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and taken nothing. That word taking is the one that we use around here several times, or it comes up and so we've mentioned it. It's you know, Greek 2983, it's lambano, which means to take and to get a hold of. So Simon was saying, we worked all night and we didn't take anything. In other words, it wasn't very productive. <clears throat> but he says, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now, I suppose you could call that many things. I would look at it as being obedient. In other words, he probably did not really want to do it. They already fished all night. They didn't take anything. They're washing nets. They've got to go home, eat, and get some rest, because they're going to turn around and do the same thing the next night when they go fishing. 
But he says, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed, enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break. Can you see in two or three of the verses we've already looked at already, it's already talking about abundance, more than enough. And hence, that's why we mentioned that and bring it in the past and bring it forward in our classes together. That's what we need our mindset to grab a hold of. God is not a God of lack. I'd almost like to say he doesn't know the meaning of it, but he's a whole lot more powerful than those all things to say that. But he doesn't have any lack. When there is lack, he can solve that situation. Same way Jesus said, they lacked wine. And so he gave them an instruction. Now who in the right mind's going to fill some pots with water think you're going to get any wine at it? Well, any natural person will not because they wouldn't understand that. But that's what Jesus told them to do. And because they did, the miracle of provision took place. And so abundance, we're going to see it many, many times. That is God's DNA. And that's what he wants you and I to be living in his kingdom, to partake of that. He already has it. It's available. He wants us to take of it, to take, get, a, get a hold of it, to receive it. Because that's what he has for us. That's his will. <clears throat> but we need to be transformed by renewing our mind. Let our mindset change to come in agreement with the word of God, not just physical circumstances. In verse 6, and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. So there you know, it's a boat sinking, net breaking load of fish. I got a stiff drink coming, so thank you very much. (laughs) I didn't say I was stiff yet, I just said I got a stiff drink coming, so thank you. I lambano it. Glory to God. Too many fish for the boat, praise God. Jesus gave them too many fish for the boat. He didn't just figure he's going to give them three fish fillet sandwiches or nothing. No, he's going to, he's going to swamp them. He's going to swamp them, and that's exactly what happened. The nets broke, and both boats could handle all that they had in them, or they would sink. Now, that is the Word of God. You can either accept it or not accept it, agree it or not agree with it, but that is the word of God. I don't mean I'm giving you permission to not accept it. I'm just saying that could be the case where your decision is. All right, moving along, let's go to 2 Kings. I'm not even going to stop at the first one. We're going to go to the second one. 2 Kings 4. We're going to read a few verses here also. 2 Kings 4, verses 1 through 7, the notes say. The heading in mind, I don't know what it is in your Bible, but it's saying, Elisha and the widow's oil. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. See, they don't do that today. 
I don't think they can get away with that, taking your kids. But they did back then. If you're taking a note out, if you need that credit, and then you don't pay, they could literally do that. And so in this case, she's saying they're coming to do that, to take my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? In other words, what do you want me to do? Remember, Elisha's the prophet. <clears throat> Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? What hast thou in the house? I would ask that to you and me this evening. In fact, I may skip for a couple minutes here in a second. And Actually, I'll do it now. When I read that this time, do you think I've not read it many a times? I can guarantee I read this several times in preparation for this whole month. But when I heard that today, this morning, early, so let me get it here. What hast thou in the house? Well, I have plenty of things in my house that in a way I'd like to get rid of them. The reason I say in a way well, if you still got them in your house, I guess you haven't done a whole lot about it yet. And I have not. And I could use the space. In fact, I'll ask, I think I'll ask Pastor Tom something about this. But <clears throat> anyhow, so I figured, you know what? I am going to get rid of that stuff. And I had had the thought sometime before about doing that and then just giving it all away. And I'm not saying that's not what I'll do right now, but in the context of this thought coming this morning, I figured I'll probably sell some of that stuff and I'll recoup that money because just like they say, a $20 bill is always only going to be a $20 bill while it's in your hand or in your wallet or in your whatever. But when you sow that $20 bill to somebody else, then that can increase. Well, why would you say that? It's called sowing and reaping. Seed time and harvest, 30, 60, and 100 fold. And so those are not just taking up space in the Bible line, but it has something to run about here. This is the kingdom of God he wants you and I to participate with. And hence, that's why I had the thought this morning, I'll probably give some stuff away. I'm going to sell this stuff. I'll sell it for whatever a reasonable price is, but then I'm going to take that money and invest that money, and then it'll become more. <clears throat> now, isn't it strange? I've taught on finance before. I've had that junk. One, it isn't, believe me, it isn't junk, most of it. But anyhow, I never had the thought like that until this morning. So thank you a lot. Moving right along. Uh, <clears throat> so he says, what do you have in the house? And she said, thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. So you see what the prophet was doing there? He's looking for something that he can use from her to cause it to multiply. That's what he's looking like to solve this whole situation. So her children, because her husband's already passed, so her children won't be taken away from her because she's in debt. <clears throat> Save a pot of oil. Then he said, go. Now this is the instructions part. She asked him, 
He had a couple of questions. He got the answer. Now this is his instruction to her. The prophet saying to her this. Go, borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, and look at those last four words. Borrow not a few. Why do you suppose he'd tell her that? In other words, in his mind, take as many as you can get, sweetheart, because however many you come back here with, we're going to fill all those suckers. So if you only get three, we're going to be done in a hurry. But you won't have the resources that you could have had with maybe three times three. So that was an instruction he gave her, and so she did. They acted upon that. Borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, some more instructions, and thou shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she's got, you know, whatever size containers they were, and she only had a little bit of oil. Reading the whole story, she says she's going to pick the old little bit of meal. Her and the kids are going to eat the last meal, and they're going to die. Wonderful future. But that's what she was looking at until Elisha comes along and begins to speak to her, inquire, and then gives you these instructions. <clears throat> uh, set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Or it stopped. So the oil was miraculously, even though it was a little flask of oil, all she had left, she's able to pour out into these larger containers, and it continues to do that until there are no more containers. And then the oil stopped, just like that. Is that a miraculous supply? Yes. It absolutely is. Now, in the annals of histories of time in the Bible, is she loved so much more than you, and that's why she got that? No. The prophet came along and gave her a word on what to do. And then she obeyed those instructions, and this is what the result was. So when you and I, the Bible says, give, and it shall be given back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men, not a giraffe, not anything else mysterious, not going to come down the spaceship, men shall give into thy bosom. And so that's an instruction from the word of God. He's waiting to see us to act upon it. When it does, It'll manifest. It'll come forth. <clears throat> uh, all right, so I need to get down from here. When, <clears throat> excuse me, and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel, not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. Listen to this one. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, 
sell the oil, pay the debt, and live thou and thy children on the rest. So the miracle has happened. And now her first words to him was the situation she was in because the creditors are coming to take those kids away. And so when the oil was multiplied, now he's telling her, sell the oil. Pay the debt. And you and your sons can live on the rest. That's miraculous provision. I mean, the provision would have been, I would imagine great in her mind if all she did was got enough to pay the debt so she didn't have to get her kids taken away. But she got that. <clears throat> Sell the oil, pay the debt, and live on the rest. Now, I mean, that is in God's word, right? I didn't, I didn't cite Reader's Digest there or whatever. <clears throat> Don't know if I carried that one, but... <clears throat> All right, uh, but that is interesting, is it not? When you break it down by words and lines and look at that, those are instructions. That is God being involved, and he will do that in your life, in my life. All right, Job chapter 22. Can anything good come out of Job? Well, I think so. <clears throat> There's a lot of things that came good out of Job look very bad at times, but Job 22, Job chapter 22, 21 through 26. <clears throat> Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace, thereby good shall come unto thee. Receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth, and lay up his words in thine heart. That's sort of what we've been talking about this evening. Receive with meekness the engrafted word. Lay up his words in thy heart. If thou return to the Almighty, thou shalt be built up. Thou shalt put away iniquity far from thy tabernacles. Then shalt thou lay up gold as dust, and the gold of Ophir as the stones of the brooks. Yea, the Almighty shall be thy defense, and thou shalt have plenty of silver. For then thou shalt have thy delight in the Almighty, and shall lift up thy face unto the Lord. <clears throat> you and I can choose to delight in Almighty God. Our Heavenly Father, His Kingdom, Jesus our Savior, the Holy Ghost our guide. That's what delight in. <clears throat> that word delight is interesting. Mm, it's in my way. For then thou shalt have thy delight in the Almighty and shall lift up his face unto God. That word delight. I thought it was very interesting when I looked it up. I don't recall ever looking it up before, I guess, because I don't recall this instruction or this definition. It means to be soft or pliable. We have to be pliable and amend our lives to the kingdom of God. It's not always 
<clears throat> beef steak. I have no leg steak. Somebody else may know, but there may be some other food you like. But the point is, it's not always that. There may be some lean times. And there will be some lean times. But when there are, when they are there, as you and I mature and grow up in the Lord, we need to begin. That's why we need our mind transformed, renewed by the Word. We need to say, well, you know what? I need to ask the Lord about this. I mean, I shouldn't be going through the situation. If I am going through the situation for a reason, I'd like to know what it is so that I could change something if I need to change it. And you can ask that, and he'll give you an answer. But in the area of this context, it was talking about the Almighty. It was talking about gold and silver. But I thought that soft and pliable was interesting because we need to be pliable and amendable to the Lord's will and his words when he speaks to us. That's when we're going to we're going to get a hold of and gain what he has for us. <clears throat> uh, let's drop down to Matthew. This one we will be spending a few more minutes on. How are we doing here anyhow? Oh yeah, let me get there. Matthew chapter twenty-five. Twenty and twenty-one. Matthew twenty-five, chapter twenty-five, verses twenty and twenty-one. You notice it's in red. <clears throat> and it says, And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. Sounds, a, sounds like a productive, industrious individual. <clears throat> His Lord said unto him, Well done. Well, now that's interesting. I just spoke of steak a minute ago. Guess how I like my steak? Well done. <laughs> you can say, I knew you were strange. I do too. Believe me, I know I'm strange. But it doesn't bother me. I don't want red, rare blood or anything else. I want that sucker well done. Burn her up. Put her on the grill and let her go. She gets black. <laughs> I tell you, I was in Sam's a couple weeks ago now. And I was walking by, I got the stuff I had, and I know I'd never seen this before. There was this box with this big sign, and this is what caught my eyes. It said, Burnt Ends. And whoo, what is this? Burnt Ends. So I look at it, and uh, I thought it was probably a little extensive what it was, because first of all, all I'm doing is looking at this box. I don't know what's really in that box. But anyhow, Burnt Ends, and they wanted like 20 bucks for it or something. But that particular day, I'd already, I'd already got everything I needed. I said, well, I, that's, that's interesting. I'll come back to that. I know where it is now. I'll come back to it. So a week or so later I was there. I went and bought the burnt ends. And I bought me some potatoes so I could have my potatoes with it. <clears throat> and I cooked them up. And they were sort of dark. I'll put it that way. But I think in reality what they are, uh, so I, I put them in a pan, heated them up, and cooked them up. But 
I think they have a lot of uh, spices or pepper or something with it, which I wouldn't necessarily like. So, but you know what? I still got a little bit of them. I'll certainly eat them up with another potato or two, <clears throat> but I don't think I'll buy them anymore. It just doesn't fit my fancy. So when I saw that advertisement burn in, I figured, man, we got it going on. <clears throat> but you might love them. I don't know. <clears throat> So we went from burn ends to verse 21. <coughs> See what he's going to burn up here. <coughs> His Lord said unto him, that the servant before had mentioned these things, His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. <clears throat> so this is a recollection about somebody that worked for a servant or whatever. And he was entrusted. Let's go back to verse 21. Oh, excuse me, verse 20. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents. So he was entrusted with five talents. Now if you had a servant, a worker, an employee, whatever you want to call it. And they've been sort of diligent. They show up for work every day. Usually they're on time. And if you ever have a conversation with them, they seem to be amendable and working okay. So you entrust them. Whether you entrusted them with five talents, be different in that day, you entrusted them with this, taking over this one little section, do a different job or whatever. Well, then you're going to monitor and see what they do. Because the word faithful is extremely important in the kingdom of God. It is extremely important. There's many, many, many multitudes of people in the kingdom of God. But do not assume that they're all faithful. Now you have Pastor Tom and Becky, Pastor Ben here this evening. They would know and see some of these situations. <clears throat> I've certainly seen and dealt with them. I've seen, I have seen and dealt with similar situations. Let me clarify that. <clears throat> you and I can't change somebody that's not faithful. Meaning we can speak to them. We would need to in some circumstances. If you entrusted something to them, they certainly didn't do what your conversation told them to do. Well, then for their benefit, you're going to have to speak to them about that. Let them know what you meant. Was there any confusion here or whatever? And this is what we expected. And people can begin to grow in faithfulness when they see, especially if somebody takes an interest in them. Now, that initial interest, interest may have even had to be a scolding or something in that situation. But if that's what was needed, that's what was needed. But the goal is to have them be faithful. Because, you know, <clears throat> faithfulness is very important. Amen. Not just in your natural job, <clears throat> but in the kingdom of God, and going on and growing in the kingdom of God, and the Spirit of God being able to use that. I was listening to a, I won't, choose to mention names this evening. It doesn't really make any difference anyhow because some may not even know them. But uh, there are ministries in this country that are entr entrusted and do handle millions 
That's a capital M with an S on the end. Millions and millions of dollars. Not just for their own burnt ends in beefsteak, <clears throat> but for other ministries. Why? Because they've proved themselves faithful so God can entrust them to handle that kind of money. He knows they won't try to go squandering it on themselves, but they will have an ear to hear and he'll tell them so much money to this ministry because this is what they're doing or whatever. And, well, I don't know if we can get into all that or not, but <clears throat> I think I'll let it pass. I think I'll let it pass. Anyhow, faithfulness is extremely important. And so we should be examining our own lives. Are we faithful in what we're supposed to be doing? If we have an assignment, if we have a detail, if we have a job, if we have something to do in the kingdom of God, specifically here in this church, be faithful and do it. Whatever you're supposed to do it, do it. However you're supposed to do it, do it. And then that is going to increase your character in the kingdom of God. You're going to benefit by that. So, and, it, it, and it is not just strictly on finance. So someday you may be entrusted with a million dollars. I can tell you what, you're going to have to be entrusted with a hundred dollars before you're ever entrusted with a million dollars. Faithful in little, faithful in much. Progression. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I read that verse 21 again. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over many things. Let me read that word faithful for you. The definition of the word faithful is trustworthy, trustful, believing. It's of persons, excuse me, of persons who show themselves faithful in the transaction of business, the execution of commands, or the discharge of official duties. Faithful. So let that be a word for all of us this evening. <clears throat> we can increase in our faithfulness. And as our note there says, this is who the Lord is looking for. Faithful people. Ones that he can put in a position to do such and such. He's looking for faithfulness. <clears throat> uh, well, let me ask you this before I go on, because I was going to change something. Is there anybody that has any questions or comments on what we've, what we've gone over tonight? They should allow the time for that first if we have it. <clears throat> seeing no hands, as they say. I'm going to go back to part of that story. This is another minister <clears throat> who is younger in age, but he's not real young, but he's younger in age than the other minister I was referring to. And he has been faithful in several things, so the Lord has entrusted more to him. And <clears throat> he had a situation, I guess I don't even really know the exact time frame. I mean, I couldn't give you the date, but it was relatively recent. And the Spirit of God spoke to him because the Spirit of God has used him in, in venues like this before. But as, 
as a somewhat younger minister, let me put it that way. And so anyhow, the Spirit of God spoke to him and told him that he was going to use him in a backup position. And so who knows what that means? I mean, we don't necessarily have a scripture on backup provision, but the Spirit of God went, in to explain, went on to explain to him. Like I said, he had used him before. He had been faithful in that. And he, he says, I have situations all over the world, he says, where I have assigned people something to do. And this, what I'm dealing with now does have to do with the context of finances. <clears throat> he says, so I've told them what I want them to do and when I want it done. But on many occasions, and these people assure me they will do that. But whether something comes up in their family, who knows? Don't need to be making excuses, but they don't do it. He says, I cannot afford to leave, leave one of my children that has asked me for something, and I've granted, and I need to get that to them. I can't wait because Joe Blow just forgets and can't do it this weekend or something. So I say all that to say he told him he wanted to be able to use him in a backup position. And by that he meant, if I have one of these situations come up again, I'm going to be contacting you, and I want you to be able to do it on a shot notice. He says, the funds won't be a problem. You will have the funds. The situation is, will you be able to do what I ask you to do and do it right and do it on a shot notice? Well, he figured this group free fit power. Of course I can handle that. Of course I can do that. <clears throat> and he thanked the Lord for thinking of him. It was only about a month and a half or two months after that that the Spirit of God contacted him and told him, I need you to do this. And he had to do it that day. And the amount of money was a million dollars. And another individual, believing God for that, for a very valid situation, the Spirit of God told him he will get that to him. And this individual figured, yes, in other words, I can do that. I do have that. And he said, no, at the time, I'll be honest with you, I would have been cleaning out the accounts. But I had that amount he's asking me to do. And so he was entrusted to do that, and he did that. And everything worked fine. The individual had what he needed, what he, needed he got it. So <clears throat> those things go on in the kingdom of God just because you and I don't know about it. But they're more specifically in what we're talking about. They'll begin to happen in our lives in a smaller venue, smaller, smaller fashion. This wasn't the first time that this individual ever handled amounts of money that were large, and God trusted him with it. So again, what it all keys around is the word faithful. And so whether God has plans for anybody in this congregation is financier, yeah, sure. Somebody help me with the word. There you go. Say it again. Financier. Yeah, there you go, financier. <clears throat> One, two, three, four, five, six. So, <clears throat> but it's handling money, and and that may not be what he wants to use it. Your 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 plan, your purpose may be strictly healing, helping out individuals in, one at a time or something like that. But I can tell you what, you're still going to need money to operate on planet Earth, and so that will apply to all of our lives. And he wants to increase all of our lives. He has abundance. I don't know how many times we need to say that, but he has it. He wants you to live in it, but you're going to have to line upon line, precept upon precept, receive the word of God, 
And in every situation, be faithful. <clears throat> all right. Well, we're looking all right. My opinion of it, anyhow, we're looking all right. So. All right, if there are no other questions or comments, I think we'll actually be able to close a minute or two early this evening, believe it or not. So <clears throat> it must be because we was faithful that we had a minute and a half left over or whatever. <laughs> Glory to God. Father, we do thank you this evening for your word. It is the entrance of your word that giveth light. We are the ones that have to open the shade and let the entrance of your light come into our lives. We choose to do that. We choose to be faithful in the kingdom of God. What you task us to do, what you ask us to do, wherever we're at. Now, in this context, we're talking about Treasure Coast Victory Center. We need to be faithful <clears throat> to the pastors and the ministries here. And, Father, we choose to do that. We open our heart to that, and we receive your word this evening. We thank you for the instruction on finances and your will for our life. And we receive that as well. We, we desire to be a blessing to others. Not just us, but to be a blessing to others as well. So we thank you for our time together this evening. And I speak your blessing right now. The blessing of God that maketh rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. Be upon this fellowship. Be upon this group of believers that are here right now. Be upon this fellowship as a whole. And we receive that in Jesus' name. Amen.